Welcome to KYH2O, a podcast about all things water in Kentucky. I'm Carmen Agaritas, an Extension Associate Professor in the Biosystems and Agricultural Engineering Department at the University of Kentucky. And I'm Amanda Gumbert, an Extension Specialist for Water Quality with the University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service. Join us as we get our feet wet exploring Kentucky's water resources. All right, well, welcome to another episode of KYH2O. Carmen, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are yourself, Amanda? I'm good. I'm good. I am really excited to talk about bottled water and drinking water because we've um, we've talked about a variety of topics but this one is certainly um, has a very direct human element to it so tell me about your interview recently so i met with shane tedder and shane is the um, he works in the office of sustainability at the university of kentucky so shane is kind of that person where if it's something related to sustainability sustainability he's the person you want to know That's exciting that we have a person on campus whose sole job at the University of Kentucky is to deal with sustainability. I mean, I remember when Shane was hired and and was, you know, started working on these issues on campus and it was kind of a new thing. And now I think most campuses have somebody who deals with sustainability, but from an environmental and water quality perspective, I just think that's pretty exciting. So what did Shane talk about this time? We talked about bottled water. Uh, We also specifically talked about the water refilling, the water bottle refilling stations that are on campus. So if you go into a lot of the buildings at the University of Kentucky and you go look for a water fountain, you're probably going to see this uh, large device with lights and a little optical sensor and so forth that is set up for you to either drink out of the water fountain like you're normally used to. You may have done, you know, growing up as a kid but also to put your reusable water bottle underneath, fill it up and take it with you. What we use primarily is a kit that attaches to a regular water fountain. And so you you have a regular water fountain basin and then the bottle filling station is typically a vertical wall mounted um, system. And the ones that we found best received are hands-free. So they've got a little optical sensor that when you put your bottle in front of it, it turns on the water. And- I think it's an interesting term. We call them filling stations. Um, and I've seen them on a, in a variety of um, buildings on campus. There's one near my office and one in the classroom, um, near a classroom that I taught in last semester. And I use them a lot. I think they're pretty handy. I've drug around a some reusable cup or or bottle for years and tried to finagle a way to, you know, get it in a a water fountain and and fill it up. But these are really handy. They're super convenient. Uh, For me, I choose not to buy bottled water largely because I don't want to pay for it. It costs quite a bit more. Um, And I just carry like you. I carry a water bottle with me and pretty much anywhere I am around campus, I can use that station. They also have a filter with them. So, you know, if you're in an older building and you're worried about potentially what that taste of that water might look uh, be like because of older infrastructure, no worries. These have a filter on them and they will filter all that water for you. People have said for years, they work in a lot of our older campus buildings, that the water fountains are just almost undrinkable because of the water quality or the taste that they're getting out of them. And so having that filtration system in them has really been, I think, one of the key incentives that's led to those being as successful as they've been. So how did this project get started? It's a great question. Yeah, I, I love that project. It was actually a student-led project uh, back in 2010. The student directors for the student center at that time 
had traveled to a conference and had seen them and came back and got 10 of those bottle filling stations installed in the student center. And people started using them, loved them, and reached out to the Student Sustainability Council for funding. And through a number of partnerships over the last seven years, we've been able to install well over 100 of those in 60 campus buildings, maybe closer to 70 campus buildings now. Uh, and they've become a new construction standard. So anytime we build a new facility, it automatically goes in as a bottle filling station. And uh, we're also looking at um, anytime we do renovations or have to replace a water fountain, going back in with those because the response to them has been so positive and they've got a, they've got a lot of positive impacts too. So the Student Sustainability Council is a group at the University of Kentucky um, and they are charged, it's a group where students vote themselves on and they or get voted on, and they are charged with helping distribute our environmental stewardship fee. The environmental stewardship fee was a fee that the students themselves chose to have. They voted it in in around 2004, and each semester, a full-time student is charged $4, and that $4 goes towards uh, a pot of money that the Student Sustainability Council helps distribute to do projects on campus that are related to sustainability. So if you have an idea about how to do make something on campus more sustainable, submit your project idea and you could get it funded. Well, I think that's a really interesting um, result of, of that almost a tax that students voted for on themselves and they've come up with these filling stations. They were very cognizant of they didn't want to just go in and rip out perfectly good water fountains to install these things. And so they, they put conditions on how the money could be spent that they wouldn't, other than Whitehall, where they wanted to make a big impact, they weren't going to replace working fountains. So that funding, I say it was three years of that funding, and that really got us a long way. During that time, we got bottle filling stations written into our new construction specs and our renovation specs. What I liked about the bottle refilling station at UK was it really was a student-driven project. And it was, they started, students started it, and it's really been awesome to see how it's really propagated across campus. Yeah, I hear a lot of um, faculty and staff talk about them, and when we see a water fountain that doesn't have one yet, um, you know, a lot of questioning about, well, how do we get one of those? And it sounds like um, we have to wait for our old one maybe to become dysfunctional, and then they'll replace it with, um, you know, with a, a filling station. But they're certainly um, nice to have and almost an incentive to drink more water, which we all need to do. Uh, Carmen, Shane talks a little bit about um, hidden impacts um, of drinking bottled water. Um, I mean, bottled water is convenient. I mean, it's it, super convenient. We're used to, you know, going to the vending machine, going to the gas station, you need water. You, you know, there's a whole wall of choices at a gas station or a store like that that you can easily get. Yeah. So let's hear what, um, what Shane has to say about the hidden issues, I guess, associated with bottled water. Oh my gosh. It's probably a thousand times more expensive, you know, per ounce to buy it than it is to get it from the tap water. I mean, the the price difference is just is staggering. Um, but uh, you also have a ton of water going into the production of the container. And so I've, I think of the stat that I read most recently was it takes twice as much water 
to produce the container as actually goes in it. And so if you've wow. got a 32 ounce water bottle, it took 64 ounces of water in the manufacturing to create it. And then you've got disposal. I mean, you've got a single use plastic bottle that then either hopefully get it into the recycling stream, um, but then there's industrial processes involved in recycling that back to a plastic resin that also take energy. And so it's, it's one of those areas of convenience that uh, we've embraced that um, we're, as a, I guess from a sustainability platform, we're trying to put the programs in place that allow people to walk that one back a little bit. Um, there, are, there are campuses who have gone as far as, as banning the sale of bottled water, and that's, that's not a policy direction that, that I, I think we're interested in here. Or we'd rather put our energy and resources into making it um, easy, attractive, and uh, um, cost-effective for people to choose the alternative. And so with these bottle filling stations, People like the quality. The hands-free makes it really easy. We've got them in, um, like I said, 60 or 70 campus buildings now. And I, I really feel like they've, they've made a difference in people like, oh, yeah, I, I can definitely just buy a reusable bottle um, because I know that there's these filling stations all over the place. I dug around a little bit, and, and I found this statistic, and it seems pretty believable. It's, it's a little dated, so it's from 2007, which is over 10 years ago now, that said the average American used 167 disposable water bottles per year, but only recycled 38 of those. Does that seem realistic? You know, in a way it kind of does, because we're talking about an average American, so it's across the country. When I moved to Lexington, I was extremely happy to see outside of my house a blue container where I could put all of my recycling into. Not every community has that, because it's very convenient here. Some communities don't have a recycling thing at your house. You would actually may have to drive off somewhere else to do it, so you're forced to collect it and then drive off. And then some communities just don't have... Uh, the infrastructure or the setup to actually then take those recycling materials and actually put them out on the market and sell them. Yeah, it just was a staggering statistic that we essentially that many, you know, disposable water bottles, single-use water bottles, would go into the landfill. It is, and I think the economics speak a lot for themselves. So if I go to buy a single water bottle, I could spend anywhere from a dollar to maybe two dollars on that bottle of water. If I turn on the tap to get the same amount, you know, I'm spending pennies on doing that. So for me, just economically, it makes sense if I'm a, not a fan of the taste of my tap water, because whether it's from the chlorination that it gets treated with or, or your pipes or whatnot, it's cheap to buy a filter right. to filter your tap water. And yeah, maybe we should challenge our listeners to calculate, to get the next time you get your water bill, Look at the usage that you have and calculate your per ounce cost of your tap water. And then go to the convenience store the next time you're there at the grocery store and buy a bottle of water or just price check it. You don't even have to buy it. And price check and compare the cost per ounce of bottled water versus what comes out of your tap. And, um, or you could calculate it and to buy the gallon, and then you could compare it to what the cost of a gallon of milk or a gallon of gasoline is. And you might be surprised at how much you're really paying for that convenience or that perception of cleaner water. 
Um, back to what, um, um, you know, what's going on on campus here at the University of Kentucky. Um, what are some other approaches that, um, that the university is taking or what are some of their goals, I guess, with the filling stations, Carmen? Well, one of the things I think is just awareness. So if you go up to the filling stations and you will see a number tally at the top. So every time you put your water bottle underneath, you're going to see uh, the clicker go up after you disperse so much amount. And really what that's showing you is how many um, bo bottles were prevented to be used by you using that. So you see there's a thousand, well you saved a thousand water bottles by that refilling station. So one of it I think is really awareness, making people aware that it's there. Um, the other is I think also reducing our waste stream at the university. So we have a very, I think, uh, extensive recycling system on campus but it all costs money to handle the recycling. It costs money to actually go through and uh, dispose of the recycling and so forth. So I think another benefit that you get off of these refilling stations is less material you have to handle, less waste you have to handle. Shane mentions that one of the goals of the filling stations is creating habits and making it convenient to refill your water bottle, maybe even more convenient than finding a, a, a bottle of water somewhere. My approach to it has been just to get the stations out there in enough places and visible enough that um, it becomes part of folks' daily habits because they know, oh, I, I, can, I can refill this in this building where I work or next door when I run this errand or where I have class. And so, you know, creating a system that's convenient and facilitates the habits is, is what I'm going after rather than the, the PSA campaign that says, oh, these are all the great benefits of using a water bottle. And I, and I think people know that, but if they don't have a good, easy, convenient alternative, it's tough for that messaging to stick. Creating habits, one of the unique things, or one of the things that we try to do a lot, I think, in especially environmental education field, is create habits in young people. The Bluegrass Youth Sustainability Council mm -hmm. is a student organization at the high school level that has representatives from all the public and private high schools on this council. And one of the things that they did was make a big push to get them installed in the high schools. So if you can create it then, hopefully you're creating a lifelong habit. The Bluegrass Youth Sustainability Council that Shane talks about, I think is an excellent way to start creating habit. So as a parent, you think about it. If my child is really interested in something, I'm probably going to be more aware of it if my child is trying to encourage me to change my behavior by not using water bottles, chances are I'm, not going to be, I'm going to be more receptive to it. If you go to the airport, you'll see it. Uh, you'll see it at the public schools. So it's becoming more and more of a prevalent practice. Well, Carmen, I'm really excited about all the things that are going on on campus, either associated with the Students Sustainability Council or with sustainability in general, uh, especially when they're water related. That's always exciting to see. I, I love those filling stations, not just because they're convenient um, and because I don't have to, you know, reuse or use a, a disposable water bottle. They fill your water bottle so fast. And yeah, the water tastes good. And it's cold. So it's, it's really, there's just all these benefits. And I think we're going to see more and more of these, um, you know, across, um, across our cities, towns, you know, where any buildings we're interacting in. And so I'm just really excited that we got to hear from Shane. So thanks for doing that interview. I had a great time doing it. Shane is a wealth of information about sustainability, not just on campus, 
but also across Kentucky. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of KYH2O. We hope you'll visit our website and learn a little bit more about details of our Student Sustainability Council, maybe a few um, factoids about water bottles that will um, entice you to buy your own reusable water bottle and find a filling station close to you. You've been listening to Carmen Agaritas and Amanda Gumbert. Learn more about water at uky.edu forward slash BAE forward slash KYH2O. Subscribe to hear all episodes of KYH2O.